Welcome to CUCC's Sermons for Everyone. No matter who you are or where you find yourself on life's journey, we're glad you've tuned in, and we hope you find meaning in this week's sermon. Have you ever experienced the birth of a special child? Like a really special child? I know, I know all babies are special, but some are more special and we all know it. Picture with me a young couple, they deliver their first child, quite literally like nothing they've experienced before. It's a whirlwind of baby showers, of setting up a nursery, a hectic ride to the hospital, And then finally, they find themselves in the postpartum unit. Their baby's resting peacefully in that plexiglass box on wheels. And then in comes the aunts, the uncles, the parents, the grandparents, because not only is it their first baby, it's the first grandchild on both sides, right? That's a special baby. Are any of you first grandchildren? First grandchildren on both sides? That's a special baby, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. You've probably never played with a secondhand toy in your life. (laughs) Those are special babies. Or maybe the baby's extra special because of how long the couple tried or how hard the pregnancy was. Maybe the baby's extra special because he needed heart surgery right after he was born and now is strong enough to make a joyful noise in our balcony every Sunday. We love you, Charlie. Maybe it's a baby who's named after you, that you have a a deeper connection with. Maybe it's a baby that, that kind of looks like you. Every baby's special, but there are some occasions that can make a baby seem extra special. Now obviously Christmas Eve, there's the joyful noise. (laughs) Obviously Christmas Eve, we're gonna be talking about an extra special baby, but this Sunday I thought we'd consider a different, uh, but yet still special baby, a first child, a first child born to a high risk elderly couple who had long given up hope of ever having children Maybe you remember the story of Elizabeth and Zachariah. Elizabeth is the older cousin of Mary, like the mother of Jesus, Mary. Now Elizabeth and Zachariah, uh, they're an elderly couple, and an an angel visits Zachariah while he's at work and tells him that he's gonna have a son. After all those years, and, and an angel now tells him that his wife's expecting, and to no one's surprise, Zachariah, doesn't really believe the angel. And so the angel makes it so he's unable to speak at all until the baby's born. He's told that this baby's gonna be special, a Nazarite from birth, and he'll prepare a way of the Lord. Well, fast forward nine months, and today's the day. It's the time. The baby's coming. Let's read together from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. 
Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they all shared in her joy. Right, this is, this is a big deal and everyone knows that it's not just joy for Elizabeth and Zachariah, it's joy for everyone. It's joy for their relatives, for the whole village because they all know how special this baby is. We keep reading. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they were gonna name him after his father, Zachariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, but no one among your relatives has that name. Welcome to one of the downsides of having a first child, right? The uh, unsolicited opinions are abundant. (laughs) We keep reading. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. You see, dad's still not saying much, and it's not because he's trying to stay out of the drama. He's still unable to speak. His vocal cords are frozen. Nothing. So when they signal for dad to settle this argument between his wife and his relatives, he asks for something to write on. And we keep reading. He asked for a tablet, and everyone's astonishment, Zachariah wrote, his name is John. Immediately, Zachariah's mouth was open and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and and prophesied. And he kind of makes up for nine months of not being able to speak with a really long prophecy. So we're going to jump ahead ten verses. (laughs) And you, my child, he says, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadows of death to guide our feet into the paths of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. John, John the Baptist, that's a special baby. He's the firstborn child of an older couple that had long given up hope to have children. His birth was foretold by angels. His dad, who had been mute for months, now prophesies that his son will prepare the way for the Lord. That is a special baby. In fact, get this, Luke, uh, like the author of the Gospel of Luke, He spends more time foretelling and describing the birth of John than he even does with Jesus. It's close, but John's birth narrative beats him out by about 40 words. Another perk of being a firstborn. 
Friends, John's a special baby. Once again, we fast forward a few years and John would end up having a pretty massive following of his own. He had disciples of his own, crowds of his own. People would travel for days to find him in the wilderness so that they could be baptized, so that they could finally let go of of the heavy stuff weighing them down and and begin living a new life of, of freedom and abundance. John was special. And his story fits the mold for special people in the Bible, right? John isn't the first time we as a group have read a story of an only child born of an elderly couple. It's not the first time we've read about an angel, right, appearing to parents and and telling them about a a special child that's going to be born to them, a long-awaited child. It's, It's not even the first time we've read a story about a Nazarite being born and set apart from birth worry we're not going to do another Nazarite month, at least not this year. (laughs) However, the difference between John's story and the others like it is that from the moment of his birth, John's story wasn't necessarily about John. John's ministry, his purpose, the gift that he had come to offer the world was a gift of preparation, a gift of of helping people prepare their hearts for something big, for someone else. John always knew that there was something bigger coming. John knew as as special as people might think he is or was, there was one coming who would take things to another level. He refused all of the praise and adulation as he had his sights set on preparing the way for another In fact, there's this great dramatic scene in which uh, John's disciples come up to him and they begin complaining that people are are stepping out of his line to go get baptized by his cousin, Jesus. They're jealous that Jesus is stealing their followers. And John, without a second thought, he sets them straight. He says to them, I am not the one. He must become greater, I must become less. That line struck me this week. That's a sentence you don't hear very often today. I am not the one. You see this miraculous birth narrative, the story of John the Baptist, it it ultimately does one thing. It, It clues the community, the village, even the modern reader into the fact that as special as John is, something even bigger is about to happen. Friends, there's a a lot going on this week. There's a lot of really special things going on this week. Maybe you'll find yourself traveling. Maybe, Maybe people will be traveling to visit with you. There will be parties to attend, dinners to host, gifts to wrap, gifts to open. There's a lot of really special things going on this week. And yet, there's something bigger happening, right? Something bigger going on this week. And and the question I found myself asking is, is amidst all of that special stuff, 
how can we take on the way of John? How can we take on the disposition of John? As we prepare our hearts for Christmas, how can we shift ourselves out of the center? How can we take on the role of one who points to the real thing, the bigger thing, the thing that lies behind all of the fun and special things? in the way we carry ourselves, the way we interact with with the many people in our lives, how can we echo John's humble proclamation that we are not the ones, that those things are not the ones? Friends, does something in this week need to become greater? And do some things need to become a little less? We have these banners and, and candles that, that have led us through Advent. Hope, peace, joy, and love. And we, we go through the motions of, of lighting candles, of, of reading pa- prayers, of reflecting on these four words so that, so that we might reinforce the real stuff, so that we might make greater right, these core values of Christmas. And so as we go about a this week, a week filled with lots of fun and, and special stuff. How can we take a step back, just a little step back from, from the tinsel and, and the glitter and make sure that hope and peace and joy and love are made greater? If joy is your thing, you have the power to make people laugh and, and feel good. Lean into it. Right? You be you this week and, and spread some joy. If your thing is peace and just you have this way of diffusing conflicts, of, of helping people live into their best selves and, and live into whole and healthy relationships, lean into it this week. Right? Help people experience some peace. If your thing is hope, Right, you naturally live on the bright side and, and can see through darkness. Lean into it. You be you and help people envision a future that is bright. Speak a word of hope this week. And if your thing is love, if you know how to selflessly make others feel important, feel cherished, lean into it. Right, you be you, lean into it and spread some love this week. I encourage you to be a, aware of your surroundings. Reflect on your relationships. Prayerfully consider ways that you might inject some, some hope, some peace, some joy, and some love into the many rooms that you will enter. There's a lot of special things going on this week. Soak them up. Be present to them. Enjoy them. There's nothing wrong with all the celebrations. There's nothing wrong with glitter and tinsel, right? Rock that ugly Christmas sweater. Blast Michael Buble. Enjoy every second of a really special week. And amidst it all, amidst all of the special things, look, look for ways to, to make known the thing behind the thing. Look for ways to make the the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love of God just a little greater 
and, and the other stuff just, just a little less. Blessings on your week. Blessings on all of the, the fun and special things that await. And, and I look forward to seeing many of you Christmas Eve as we get to celebrate yet another special baby. Blessings and amen.